The first leg of the MLS Conference Finals are in the books with both home teams coming away with very late goals to increase their chances of moving on to the MLS Cup Final. This is the SBI Show. I am Garrett Cleverly. With me, as always, is Ivis Galarsep. And Ivis, Thanksgiving's on Thursday. Still waiting for my invite. I mean, I can bring the pumpkin pie for you. Come on, man. You know you got enough on your plate right now with your wedding plans and your nervous breakdown that you're having because of the wedding plans to come out to Jersey for Thanksgiving. I had a nervous breakdown a few months ago. I'm good now. But let's be real, Ivis. You know I'm not doing really much planning for the wedding, so... I'm told to show up on January 30th at 2 o'clock. That's my responsibility, Ivis. I mean, I can't, <laughs> I can't be old to do that much. You know if I'm given responsibility, I'm not going to make it. It's not going to be done. Mm, I, I just, I, at this point, I, I'll be surprised if you actually show up. Oh, please, I'll be there. <laughs> we, I will say, though, when you do come Run out, we, we will be partying hard the night before, after the rehearsal dinner, so you better be ready. Really? That's, you wanted to have a rager the night before your wedding? Yeah, I mean, I'll be fine. All right, I, I'll tell you what. I can't. I, this was a long time ago, but I, I remember I had my uh, I had my bachelor party. I think it was the Thursday night, uh, the Thursday night before my wedding, and uh, I definitely needed that extra day because <laughs> I I woke up at like six p.m. on Friday. That's how that's how crazy uh, that's how crazy that night was. Um, I, I can't like any anyone who actually does their bachelor party the night before the wedding. I think that's pretty insane. I'm not so. doing that. We're doing mine the week before. But, oh, I see. But we'll rage Check the night before. See, my biggest problem with the wedding right now, though, is I don't know what table to stick you at. Do I stick you at, like, my with, like, my geeky soccer friends that, like, envy you and worship the ground that you walk on? Or do I stick uh, you with, like, the people that, like, coach soccer? Like, I, I don't know which table nah, to put you at. Do you want to be the god at the table? I do not. Sit next to John. Sit me at a table with John Arnold, my, my goal.com I was colleague. playing on that. And uh, and maybe some people from Divas FC. I uh, I think that'll be a good. Table. I could see, yeah. I, I was thinking of sticking you again, John and Amy. So then that won't that would be the non geeky soccer table. That's the one. You could have you could have been God for a night, Ivis. That's that's all right. I'll pass on. That. I'm getting old, man. I don't need that. I don't <laughs> need that. That's to mean. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. You know what? It, no, you know what's funny to me. I mean, I like talking soccer, but it's funny because sometimes I know you go places and you're like, not right now. Yeah, you like it's you know it's my job to talk about soccer. I don't want to, you know, I don't want like I, I don't want to do it, you know, all the time. Yeah, so. I have the same thing. When people ask me, you know, just about all my Don Juan escapades, I'm always like, please, I don't nah. want to talk about that stuff. It's like people want to talk to you about um about hair products, they, dude. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I laugh because that's all I, I I hate that. People always ask like, Oh, would you do hairspray? Yes. I do do hairspray. But I hate when people ask me that. Like everyone always talks about my hair. I mean I hate I'm not trying to be like egotistical, it's annoying. I was kidding, but obviously it was true. See, I know you it so well. It struck a chord. It struck a chord. I know you, bro. I know you so well. Because as you know, it's all about the hair though. It doesn't matter what you say. If you have like Donald Trump good hair. My hair's making a comeback, man. I'm, I'm Your hair's making a comeback? I'm starting to comb it back now, it's starting to Puff up a list. It's getting there, man. I'm trying to comb it over. back. What are you like a 1980s villain? I'm, I'm I'm going for the mobster look. I'm going for the mobster look. So I got to do something to keep because my son. Let me tell you, my 12 year old son. Oh yeah, has such a big head of hair on him. It's unbelievable. You jealous? I'm not gonna. I'm a little jealous. I'm a little, no, you know what it is. You know the funny thing is, when I was his age, I used to cut my hair super short. I used to cut like tight, tight fade on the sides, short on the top. Now he's got the full mop top going on, and it's like, man, you know, maybe I should have did more. I should have had a little bit bigger hair when I was, you know, that wasn't the style back then. Really? Not where I was from, man. Yeah, I guess, yeah, I guess, yeah, where you're from, probably not. From the hood, man. You got to wear your tight fade, have, have it on your fitted hat. 
podcast, I would do it in the streets. <laughs> well, obviously, you have two more months to grow your hair out before I see you, so. That should be enough. Yeah, that should be enough. you got to work on that. All right, well, Ivis, enough hair talk, enough wedding talk, plenty of soccer action this past weekend. Got to talk about the Copa America, NASL news, Americans abroad, college cups underway. I mean, tons of things going on. We'll put all those to the side. we got to talk about the MLS playoffs sticking out in Portland. They come away with a 3-1 win against FC Dallas. Going into that, Ivis, uh, until the very end, Portland up 2-1. Dallas looked like a pretty good position. You're on the road, going to return home 2-1. And then Nat Borchers, out of nowhere, finds a way to squeeze the ball into the back of the net. And Portland, I mean, what a difference that goal makes now heading into that second leg in Dallas. No, absolutely. I mean, it's a big win for them, and you know, I, I don't know if anyone can really call it an upset. Portland's been playing really well. I mean, I know FC Dallas has been playing well, but Portland is just playing with a real such a confidence over the past month that the way they looked in that game, I mean, they just kind of they had command of that game. And it's funny when it, when Dyron Espria hits that ridiculous oh, goal to that goal two was, zero. Oof. I feel like that goal actually woke up FC Dallas. Like at that, up to that point, FC Dallas was kind of cruising along, kind of like, oh, you know, it's comfortable. We'll take a, you know, we'll take a one zero. We'll try to get maybe get a one one. But then when they when Espria scores that goal, it flipped the switch in FC Dallas, and then they really started to attack. And I know some people were like, oh, Ridgewell coming out was the difference, but they they were already on the attack at, um, before Ridgewell got hurt. After the after the two zero, and and then we started to see FC Dallas show some life, but by then. Um, you know, they had Portland on the ropes a little bit. Portland did recover in time, and then they closed out the game well. Uh, credit to them the way they finished. And it was a, yes, it was a fluky play. There was a bit of luck at the end for them. Uh, for those who kind of didn't see the replay, basically, uh, corner kick from Magby, Paparato heads it down. Uh, Jesse Gonzalez goes to try to collect it, and uh, Tesho Akindele, his his own teammate, uh, tries clearing it, and then doing so kind of knocks it out of his hands, so like he can't get it. And Borchers pounces, and Borchers pounces right at the end of 90, at, right before right into stoppage time, makes it 3-1. And there's such a difference between 3-1 mm-hmm. and 2-1. And for me, I tell you what, even if it's 2-1, I still like Portland's chances going into the second leg. But 3-1, that's such a big, that's such a mountain to climb because it, it's going to be tough, man. It's going to be tough for FC Dallas. I know they're at home. I know they have the best record in the league at home this year. But Portland has been a different animal mm-hmm. on the road the past month. They, they're 4-0. On the road in their last four matches, and, and and they they they're playing with a confidence right now. I cannot see FC Dallas just running them over in the second leg. Well, FC Dallas is going to have their work cut out for them. I mean, it's not going to be easy, especially with the continued play of Darlington Nagby, which we talked about. He looks so. I mean, he continues to look good. I mean, we'll talk about how he looked for the U.S. Men's National Team against Trinidad. Uh, but for Portland, I mean, dude, I was when he flipped the switch on two months ago. I mean, dude, the guy's been on a man on a mission. I mean, he just seems like at this point, like he's destined to win the MLS Cup. Well, before we even get to him, I mean, I, I thought he obviously played well, but he kind of casually played very well. But I, th- I think the key for Portland coming into this series is the fact that they match up so really well with FC Dallas's key players in the sense that obviously you have to deal with Mauro Diaz and they have uh, they have the midfielders to deal with that. Diego Chara is the perfect guy mm-hmm. to pester and 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 bother Moro Diaz. You have Fabian Castillo who you have to stop, and Portland has the fullbacks to do that. Obviously, Alvis Powell is just a physical specimen at right back, and even if Castillo switches sides, which he did early in this first leg, you have you have Jorge Villafania, who's no pushover. So right there, their two biggest weapons, really there are three when you count Michael Berrios, their three biggest attacking weapons 
face tough matchups in this series. And I don't I don't think Portland has the same issue because I think Darlington Nagmi is going to have his way with FC Dallas's midfield. No offense to anybody. No offense to Victor Ulloa, Kellen Acosta. Darlington Nagby, you're not going to stop him with their midfield. You know, I, I think Matt Hedges matches up well with Fernando Adi, but still, I think Portland, from a matchup standpoint, they're a really terrible matchup for FC Dallas, and I think we saw that in the first leg. Well, you just mentioned Matt Hedges. Um, I, even though Portland won 3-1, I do want to point out that you know, Dallas did have a pretty good game overall. And Matt Hedges, I mean, he, he had a good game limiting Portland's uh, attackers to to you know the shots that they did have on goal were very limited. I mean, so so I don't want to say that Dallas, you know, they go into the second leg losing three one. You look at that score and you're like, oh god, not that good. But you know, if Borch doesn't score that goal at the very end, much different story. I mean, FC Dallas's defense, I was, they they did a pretty good job on the road against Portland. Well, I think Portland had chances that they didn't finish. It could have been a lot worse, even before that that Borchers goal. Uh, I, I think there were definitely some plays that they could have put away. And you could say the same about FC Dallas. Obviously, Ryan, Ryan Hollingshead uh, was served up a gift on a platter from Mario Diaz, and he put it wide. I mean, I think they're going to definitely rue that mischance. Um, but let's not forget, I think it was the first minute, and Lucas Milano had a chance. So there were chances in this game. For me, I, I think Portland, Portland was just really in control for about 60 minutes of this match. And the thing is, Matt Hedges played well. Javon Watson played well. Um, but not enough. Their attack definitely, for me, didn't didn't get the job done until they kind of woke up in the in the sixty in the final thirty minutes. And and we obviously did. David Teixeira got the goal to give them some life. But for me, I just don't see FC Dallas shutting down the Timbers uh, in this second leg. Could they score some goals? Absolutely. But I just don't. The way Portland's playing right now, and and this is the scary part. Darnton Ivy played great. I mean, his stats were for this game. It was. It was a quiet game, but it was it was a big game. It was a quiet game in that there weren't these huge highlight reel plays, but he made all the he took what the game gave him. He was I think I believe it was forty eight for fifty two for passing. He helped take he helped alleviate pressure all over the field. Every, he was five of six on his on his dribbles going at people. He so he just did what he wanted, and he did it in a way that he didn't force the issue. Now, if they need him to force the issue in the second leg, I think we we will see. I think we can see even more from him. And I think, and I think he kind of—I'm not saying he held back, but I think he—he didn't—he didn't force the issue. But I think in the second leg, when you have an FC Dallas that's going to be pushing, looking for goals, they're going to have to attack. That's going to create more opportunities, and I think that's where Darnes and Nagby is going to burn. Okay, well, Ivis, if you're Oscar Pereja, then, then what are you going to be preaching to your team this week? You, you know, Mauro Diaz has a tough matchup, but especially I mean, when you look at someone like Fabian Castillo, I mean, you, you expect him, Ivis, to show up. He he was absent in this game. Um, up in Portland, I mean, pray out. I mean, what are you going to be preaching this week to your team to kind of get that spark to get things going in the attack in the final third? Well, I think I don't. Even though three one sounds like a pretty big scoreline, I think the, let's not forget now they have that road goal, right? So a two zero result gives them the series. I think if you're asking how you have to tell their team, look, they did score three goals, but we we can we still can't. Uh, get too crazy and deviate from our normal game plan in going into the game, at least from the start. You can treat the beginning of this game, of the second leg, like you would any other game. Just play your game, try to attack. Uh, I don't think they're going to need to get stretched out in the beginning. I think the first half you treat it like if it was a 0-0 and, and you're just playing, just playing a regular game to win the game uh, because – They've shown at home that, that their attack can play even better. Their attack at home has been has been lights out. So they, they should still have confidence that, you know what, if we go into this first half, we get that early goal, it's 1-0. All of a sudden the pressure's on Portland because we're a goal away from winning it. Um, 
and you don't want to get too crazy at overextending yourself because if you because Portland is the kind of team with their counterattack, they will absolutely torch you if you overextend yourself. So I think if I, I think Perejas should preach patience and say, listen, we have we we even though they're, they forget the three one scoreline, play the game straight up, look to score, but don't get don't get sloppy defensively because they will. They, Portland's going to be even more dangerous in the second leg or have the potential to be because they're going to have the. Uh, um, Diego Valeri back. They're gonna have mm-hmm. Rodney Wallace back. And even though Dyron Spria was outstanding, um, you know, I think having Valeri back is gonna be huge for them. Uh, so, I, I mean, I still don't like their chances, but I, I don't think you get too crazy. I think the first half you treat it like it's a normal game, and if it's still zero zero or if it's one one or something like that going into the second half, then yes, second half you need to turn it on. Second half you're gonna have to put you having to put extra attackers in. You put Akintele in, Blas Perez in. Then you have to chase the game. But I think the first half, you kind of have to start it out like a normal game. And if you're Caleb Porter, think about it. You're 90 minutes away from the MLS Cup final. It's not that far, Ivis. What does he need to do on the road? What is he preaching this week? You talked about the players they have coming back. I mean, look, adding Rodney Wallace, I mean, you talk about how he can stretch the defense will be huge for them. What is Caleb Porter focusing on this week? I just think they keep playing the way they've been playing. I don't think they change a single thing. I think they go to Dallas and they play their game. And I think for those who remember the second leg against Vancouver, uh, you know, they didn't change anything when they went to play Vancouver. If anything, they, they you know, they attacked, they, they attacked even more. They're playing with a confidence on the road right now that I don't think it's going to phase them. I don't think going to Frisco uh, in that environment is going to bother them one bit. And I know people will say, oh, well, they went there in July. They lost 4-1. to one. This is a completely different team right now from the just the mentality standpoint, the confidence they're playing with. Uh, you know, that this is not this is how many months later, four months later, this Timbers team is playing with such a confidence right now that uh, they just need to keep doing what they've been doing. Uh, a question mark, big question mark for them is Liam Ridgewell. Is he going to be OK? Is he going to shake off this, ang- this calf injury, ankle injury? Uh, is he going to be good to go? Because despite what anyone says, despite what, what you hear Caleb Porter say, uh, any of these other guys say, the drop off from Ridgewell to Norberto Paparato is considerable. And I know, yes, look, Paparato, he, he helped he helped on the, the late goal for Borchers by heading it in. But defensively, I feel like he's a liability. So if you're Portland, you want to have Ridgewell. You want to have a healthy Ridgewell. If you don't have a healthy Ridgewell, that's gonna make, I think that's going to make things tougher if you have to start Paparato. But even with that, so you still have to like Portland's chances because I think they're not a team that knows how – for me, they're not, they're not going to bunker in. They're just going to play. They're gonna if you give them opportunities, they're gonna take them. And I think with Nagby playing the way he's playing, I think Portland's gonna find a goal. I think they're gonna. I think they could find more than a goal. And if they get that one goal, I think they're, they're gonna. I don't. I don't see them giving up three to FC Dallas. Do Do you know why FC Dallas lost on Sunday, Ivis? Do you want to know the real reason why? Tell me why. Walker Zimmerman did not play. That's why, man. Yeah, they they didn't. Uh, they ignored the SBI uh, positive the positive SBI uh, jinx. <laughs> if If you're on our show, you score a goal. And they didn't have my. That's probably why. Or you win, you win or score. I mean, it's something along those lines. <laughs> no, I know. No, but yeah, it's a, it's a. This is a great matchup. Uh, and not to take anything away from Dallas, they're still a good team. It's just I think it, it needs to be said. Portland over the last month of this regular season and now in the playoffs, they're playing with such confidence. And when you survive that, that shootout that they survived against Sporting Kansas City, that only adds to the momentum. So I think I'm not. FC Dallas could win. Yes, they they have a chance, but it's hard to see Portland falling apart the way they the way they're playing right now. 
Portland undefeated the last seven games. I was, we, I mean, we also haven't pointed out how well the uh, Portland defense is playing. I mean, they've been averaging a goal uh, given up for the past seven games. They have a few shutouts in there too. I mean, overall, I was Portland overall from top to bottom. Everything's just working out for them right now. Yep, yep. Ever since, and it, it's you have to give your give credit to Caleb Porter because it, it feels like it was only a few months ago we're, mm-hmm. we're talking about is he safe? Is he gonna you know could he lose his job? And it was like uh, you know that settle down and uh, and and I mean as as the resident East Coast chapter president of the Portland Timbers uh, bandwagon, um, I can tell you, man, it, it, this is, you could kind of. Even when they had their struggles, you kind of felt like they had the pieces there because their the defense definitely. You know, when you think about the fullbacks they have, Ridgewell and Borchers, they needed Nagby to find to find it. You know, to find that that mm-hmm. form. And now that he's playing the way he's playing, uh, they're so tough to stop between him, but between Nagby and Adi, the way they're playing right now. I mean, to be fair, I mean, look at Diego Valeri. It's not like Valeri's playing at his top level uh, of 2013. So imagine if he turns it on. If he if he if he she comes off of the suspension and, and starts flashing the form of two years ago, I mean it's it's scary how good they can be. So uh, it's a tough task for Dallas. Uh, that first half is going to be very important. You want you, you need to get that first goal and and, and really put because that'll put the pressure. That that's going to change. That's going to determine the game, the series. Who scores that first goal in Frisco? Uh, if the Timbers score it. I think it's I think it's game over. If FC Dallas scores it, then we're going to be in for a hell of an end of that that game. Over in the Eastern Conference, Columbus Crew at home took care of business, defeating the New York Red Bulls two to zero. Justin Miram scores a goal, I think three seconds into the match, that was ridiculous. And then Kai Kamara uh, scores a goal after New York was caught ball watching. Uh, Columbus's crew midfield Ivis outplayed New York's midfield. New York not the best showing from them, however. Only two goals. I mean, same thing with Portland, man. I mean, that late goal of the game completely changes the aspect heading into the second leg. New York, I mean, look, they're not eliminated yet, but it's still a tall task for them. Second leg being down 2-0. Well, the, no, the crew, the Red Bulls are, are in, in much more trouble than FC Dallas, and it's because of the, the, the lack of a road goal. The fact that they were not able to get a road goal may, makes that second goal that Columbus scored so, so huge because now you go back to – Red Bull Arena and the Red and Red Bulls have been outstanding at home, but it's you just I just don't see them shutting out the crew. And if they can't shut out the crew, you're talking about four goals they have to score to win this this win this series. Four goals. That's and credit to the crew, man. They, they're they're midfield and I feel like people have been sleeping on them all year. Um, obviously, the first half of the season, you lose Will's trap to a concussion, uh, so he wasn't around, and it was kind of easy to forget about them, but. I mean, the way they played, and they thoroughly outplayed the, the, the Red Bulls midfield, uh, something you just don't see. I mean, the Red Bulls midfield has been the, has been the key to their success all year. And to see Sasha Kleshton, to see Dax McCarty just not not play well, uh, it, w- it, was a little, it was a little shocking, to be honest with you. I mean, even though the crew, all the credit in the world, everyone knows I'm a big World Trap fan. I think he's, he's one of the best young players in the league. Uh, but the way he played, the way Tony Chani played, uh, obviously, we all know what Federico Higuain can do, but mm-hmm. across the board, not even just centrally, wide as well. Between with Merriman Finley doing their thing, they just outplayed the Red Bulls. And and, and there's no you, you could say what you want about the fluky play at the end, but if you watch that game from beginning from the beginning to end, I mean, literally like nine seconds for that first goal. But they just the Red Bulls just didn't look like the, the, themselves. I mean, they just looked uh, the crew. 
got into them. Their midfield, Tony Chani, I mean, he he was just trying to, he was just crunching people left and right. Kind of, I think he helped take them out of their game a little bit. Uh, but credit to the crew, man. Their game, they executed their game plan flawlessly, and now they're in a driver's seat. And right now, man, they're looking pretty good. And we could have that Portland Columbus crew MLS Cup final. Well, and that's the thing about New York. I mean, you look at Dax McCarty's play. Um, look, first up, we all know how good Dax McCarty is. But we can all say the last couple of weeks he's really stepped up for New York and has really been that anchor for them. I mean, that's the thing for New York. Uh, I think Dax McCarty only completed 60% of his passes in this game. I mean, he struggles. New York struggles. That's the bottom line. I mean, New York's going to have to find a way to get him in some more space and some more time because I mean, New York's really going to need – I mean, I know this is very obvious, but New York's still going to need Dax McCarty to have to step up and have a monster game in the second leg. I, got, I mean, to be honest, I, 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 always, I, was wonder, I actually wondered – if he was injured and if he played injured because there was that there was that play in the first half where Tony Chani stomped on his foot, looked pretty gnarly, and, and, and I don't I feel like McCartney wasn't the same after that play. I feel like he, he was off. His game was off a bit after that play. So you wonder about that. You wonder did he carry a knock through the game? Did he just tough it out and it just wasn't the same? I mean, look at the play on the second goal with Cedric Mabwati and, and, and Dax McCarty kind of just lost him and uh, you know, he he didn't shuffle his feet to stay in front of him. He kind of tried to arm, you know, grab him. He tried to like use his arms, and Mabuati just kind of got right around him. And it, that was not that was not your typical Dax McCarty play. Like normally, McCarty makes the play. Normally, he steps in front of him, keeps himself keeps himself between uh, the the attacker and the goal. But he just he, the lateral movement wasn't there. So you wonder. It's it's something to look at, something to think about. And obviously, we'll if you're the Red Bulls, the Red Bulls aren't going to sit there and divulge if he's injured or if he was injured. I guess we'll find out now uh, when they return to to the second leg in uh, in New York. But the midfield needs to play better. And it wasn't just question and and McCarty. I mean, the wings as well. I mean, Lloyd Sam and Mike Grilla. Where were they? And again, credit to the crew, the crew's fullbacks, Will and Francis, who was for me. Best left back in the league this year, and Harrison Afu was was huge for them as well. So they they won that battle. For me, Felipe is the only one who I thought really stepped who who played. He came to play, and he had a good game. He made some big plays for them, especially defensively. I thought he was the one midfielder for the Red Bulls who actually turned in like his usual high level performance. And if you're the Red Bulls, you only get one of your five midfielders producing. You're not going to beat anybody, no. let alone let alone the crew. So I'm sure they're going to watch that game. I'm sure they've already watched it over. And I know Clutchin and McCarty. They they know that if they, if they don't if they're not at their top of their game, there's no way there's no way they're going to overturn this two zero scoreline. Yeah, it's gonna be tough. I mean, it just seems like the loss just kind of you know blew out all the energy out of the room for New York. And I know it's not the end of the world, but it just it just seemed how this this one loss. I mean, it's not New York's not eliminated. Obviously, they still have a chance. But I mean, they were just so bad on Sunday. It just I mean, it just seems like they have no hope going into the next leg. It's just it's just, it's a tall task because they could play well and still lose the series. Exactly. I mean, they can, they can, does anyone see them shutting out the crew? That's question number one. And I tell you what, looking at the way the Red Bulls' defense is played in this this first leg, I don't see it. And I said it at the time. I and and I and I and before anyone tries to sit here and say I'm a hater or or I'm or I'm not a fan of Matt Miazga, I think Matt Miazga has tons of promise. I think he's a, his future is is bright. It's unlimited. But I think there's been a lot of hype surrounding the year that he's had and just how good he is. Uh, and I've tried to kind of bump the brace on that. And I think we saw in this game. Maybe a reminder to people that you know what he is not the finished product yet. He's been, you know, Damian Perinell did a lot, had a lot to do with the year that the Red Bulls defense had, and a lot to do with the year that Mamiaska had. And now that he's not there, Ronald Zubar is not that guy 
Ronald Zubar, for all the hype we had about Ronald Zubar in the preseason and how good he was supposed to be, we have not seen it. His movement, his movement's not great. The guy is a lot. He's not that great. He did okay in this game, but I, he's not a guy who, who who has that leadership quality. I think Perrinell is more of a leader, uh, more of a perfect guy to partner with a young defender. And without him there, I think you saw Miazza get exposed a couple of times. I mean, yeah. he on both goals. Miyasa did not get the job done. The first goal, he he you know he failed on a clearance that would have uh, basically kept that uh, Justin Merrim going from happening. And then on the second one, it was unbelievable. The ball, I mean, he just stopped. He just stopped playing. And how do you stop playing in a playoff game? And again, experience counts and matters. And and I think that's where where the naivete shows up there for for Miyazga, who. You know, we're talking about a guy who finished fourth in Defender of the Year voting. I'm sorry, but that was a joke. He 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 had a good year, but to say he's one of the, one of the best defenders in MLS, no no chance, no chance. And let's see how he re, he rebounds, responds in this second leg. I think he'll respond. He's a good player, man. He's a good player. I think his I think he's gonna be a national player uh, down the road. He's he's already been in now. He got his first cap. Uh, the future is bright, but he has a lot to learn. He still has a lot of growing up to do, and going up against Kai Kamara, I mean that's that that's not going to be easy, man. So I, I think no. I, I don't like their defense. They're, I don't like the, their defense's chances of pitching a shutout against the crew. The way the crew are playing as, as as a unit, I just don't see it happen. Yeah, it's tough. And and then I mean, look, Jesse Marsh has to, has to find a way to get Bradley Wright Phillips going. He had no shots on goal. Dude, New York has has a lot of work this week. I was a lot. It's of about work. It, much like with the West. It's about matchups, and I think the crew. I want, much like Portland is a tough matchup for FC Dallas, just in terms of addressing their strengths and addressing and being able to counter their strengths. Red Bulls, it's a similar situation with the crew. The crew with their when a healthy crew team, and 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 I I don't know how many times I definitely wrote about it multiple times, but I mentioned it before. The crew did not face the Red Bulls without with, with Will Trap all year, and people need to realize how important Will Trap is to what they do. They're a completely different team with Will Trap in there. When you have once you put Trap in there, you have Trap and Shani. Behind Iguain, I mean that that is an uh, that is an impressive midfield. That is an impressive midfield, and we saw it. I mean, the Red Bulls midfield has played. You could argue in the regular season there wasn't a midfield that had a better regular season than the Red Bulls. But the crew showed in this first leg that they are just as good, if not better. Well, I think the question is then, Ivis. I mean, what can Jesse March do with his back line? What can he do with the midfield? I mean, do, does New York have any chance? Is there anything that Jesse March can pull out of his pocket? And that could be the trump card to defeat the Columbus crew. The thing is, the Red Bulls, they, they can't really change anything in terms of stylistically. They just have to play their game. They have to play their game. Uh, 2-0 is what they need to get to. They need to They need to try to get that 2-0. Uh, you know, you can't, it's, it's a tricky thing, right? Because they cannot, under any circumstances, give up a goal, right? That's number one. On your chalkboard, what you cannot do is... Is give up a goal because if you give up a goal, it's over. It's well, over yeah, because you, you are not yeah. you're not scoring four goals on the crew. It's not happening. Zero one percent point oh oh one percent chance of you scoring four goals on the crew, uh, barring a you know Tony Chani red card in the first five minutes of the match, which you never know because he seems to lose his mind every single game. He wants to get into a fight with somebody every single game. It's unbelievable. Um, but barring anything crazy, you're not going to score four goals on the crew. So. You have to stay – try to stay disciplined defensively. Try not to overextend yourself. They're going to need their fullbacks to have a much better game than they had this last game. Kamar Lawrence, man. I, for me, I've, I thought Kamar Lawrence has been one of the best left backs in the league, quietly. Uh, one of the best left backs in the league. But Ethan Finley 
ate his lunch. And he and it's not the first time. They they played each other earlier in the year. They faced off. Ethan Philly scored two goals against Lawrence. And it's not that Ethan Philly's faster than Kamar Lawrence. He just is so smart about timing his runs, about slipping in uh, behind uh, Kamar Lawrence and, and finding the gaps to get himself open. I mean, he did it in the, in the, in the game in the regular season. I believe actually it was the Fourth of July. Fourth of July, he scores two goals in that game to to have the, to lead the crew to a two one victory. And on both those goals, you see Kamar Lawrence trailing the play. He's just caught out. Uh, and and so coming into this into this series, I'm thinking, okay, did, did Kamar Lawrence learn a lesson? From that match, is he going to be a little smarter about not losing Ethan Finley? And then what happens in the first ten seconds, first nine seconds? There's Ethan Finley streaking in behind Lawrence, getting ahead on on the ball to to fight to feed Justin Merrim for that opening goal. So, I mean, Kamar Lawrence, he's had a hell of a year. Great regular season, great Copa America, great Gold Cup, but Ethan Finley has his number, and it, 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 Kamar Lawrence needs to shut him down. If they're going to win, if they're going to have any hope, Kamal Lawrence has to avoid those kind of mistakes. He has to shut him down, and I don't know if he can do it. And if you're Greg Berhalter, you do what you did last game. You let Justin Merrim score nine seconds of the game. Kai Kamara scores at the end. I mean, that's that's pretty good game plan. I just want you just do it again. Well, yeah, no, right. You can you can, you can <laughs> definitely argue like don't change anything, and and I I hear that, but at the same time, it's kind of like you realize what a goal means in this game, and you know how valuable that is. You kind of it kind like for me. It, it, it's so tempting to say to this team, "Listen, guys, we need to go at them in the beginning of this game because if we take a goal from them in the first fifteen minutes of this game, it is over." So I think from that standpoint, I, like you know what, I, I, knowing Greg Berhalter, like he, he's he's a bit of a pragmatist. He's going to stick. He believes in his system, right? So he's not one that, that I, maybe doesn't necessarily sh- changes too many things, but. I gotta believe he he looks at that scoreline. He looks at what a goal can mean, and maybe maybe tells his team, "Listen, guys, first fifteen, we need to be all over them and try to get that goal because they're gonna be shaky. Mm-hmm. They're gonna they know they can't afford to give it up, and that and 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 if anything, maybe they're a little tight. Yeah, and maybe, you hope and that's like, New York in a mistake. Exactly, exactly. So I think from that standpoint, I could definitely see the crew coming out firing because the crew know like they don't. Why sit back? If you're the crew, why sit back? Go at them. Go at them. May, force them into a, into, a, into a mistake. Their defense has, has looked a little shaky now, so why not go after them? Oh, that's what I'm doing, Ivis. If I'm Greg Berhalter, I'm attacking, attacking, attacking. We didn't talk about this. If Columbus wins, Portland wins, Columbus hosts the MLS Cup Final. Yep, absolutely. Perfect Perfect uh, possibility, and if that does happen, I will. You know, we will have the SBI caravan traveling, traveling <laughs> west. We'll, uh, we'll be, uh, we'll be rolling deep. Uh, the SBI crew will be rolling deep. So, will you be? Will you come out to Columbus for that? Uh, we will have to talk. Uh, we'll have to talk off air about that. Go. Here we go. I knew it. I'll we'll talk it. off air, uh, <laughs> dude. I'm looking at the temperature, like 38, 46. Oh my gosh. I mean, I'm, that's 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 balmy compared to Kansas City two years ago. What are you worried about? That's cold. 38. Ooh. You, it was like two degrees in Kansas City. If you survived that, let I me tell you, you something. Handle. Anything under sixty is freezing in my book. Oh, Lord, get some thermal underwear. You know suck what? Though? Yeah, but please. In thirty years from now, when global warming takes over, and all you guys are gonna be sweating, and I'm gonna be like one ten. I got this. We'll see who's laughing then, Ivis. Thirty years from now, there's global warming now. Well, you know, in thirty when it what gets really. What are you a really... global warming truther that doesn't believe? No, it no, no. When it gets really worse in like thirty years from now, we got thirty more years. 
10. I don't know. Whatever it is. Or it could be like day after tomorrow. It could happen tomorrow, Ivis. Oh. This is the hottest year ever already. Already on really? record. Really? I don't oh, see yeah. that. That's crazy. Yeah. No, it's glo- the, 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 the earth is getting hotter and hotter. It's not, it's not, it's, so you should be happy because, you know, it's just going in. It's not going, it's not going in a good hey, direction. Hey, man, that's sandals and puka shell necklaces and, uh, you know, flower shirts every day. Hmm, oh, Lord. <laughs> you wear that to your wedding. Isn't that what you're wearing at your wedding? Oh, please, bro. <laughs> you know, do you know how fat I'm going to look at the wedding? Oh, it's gonna be it's gonna be dirty. All right, uh, Ivis, we'll we'll preview the MLS uh, Cup games later this week. Time to move on because there is plenty to talk about. Continuing on the theme though of the MLS Cup playoffs, uh, there are reports coming out that Fabian Castillo has been linked to Club America. The transfer fee that has been attached to it is quite large. Uh, would this be a smart move for uh, FC Dallas Ivis to sell him to Club America, or should they hold on to him? Well, it depends on what kind of transfer they can they can uh, generate. I mean, at a certain point, every player has a price, right? So, mm-hmm. I mean, if you can, I, 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 what report did you see? How, mu- how much did the, the, the I report? saw something in the range of seven million dollars. Seven million. Now, see, seven million Amer- seven million U.S. dollars. That's not the MLS transfer record. Josie Altidore at ten million yes. to Real is so. I see. I thought they were trying. This actually, is just what, what I, I saw. I mean, I'm sure you no, know. No, I think what I it is, is I think FC Dallas wants the MLS transfer record, which is ten That's million dollars. That's not going to happen. I don't think that's going to happen. But so, if Dallas uh, can get like six or seven, I'd sell him. Yeah, I mean, I think they have to think about it. I mean, at I the would. end of the day, it's still a business, right? And and there's a lot that FC Dallas can do with seven million, even though they don't get all seven. Let's not forget now, MLS oh, gets yeah, cut yeah. gets cut of that. Uh, I think it's what two thirds goes to the club. But e- either way, you're talking multi a multi million dollar transfer that FC Dallas can pour, pour into its academy, which obviously is obvious, is generating talent. Dallas doesn't need more money in their academy. They have enough money. They have well, like, well, they they they, like 3,000 kids in but their system. But they're spending that. They Well, they they get to recoup that. I mean, obviously, they you're pouring some money in, so you know what? Or, or they little, could take a flyer on some younger players down in Mexico or South America. That's a lot of I mean, they could do a lot with that money. Right. So, I mean, it, it'll be tough to replace them, but at the same time, you, a team like FC Dallas – uh, you, you need to have confidence in your system and confidence in your ability to go find the next talent. I mean, look at Michael Barrios, man. I, no one was talking about him when he signed, and he's been outstanding for them. So, uh, you know, he you could you could argue like, the last couple of months Barrios has been even better than Castillo. So, uh, if they sell him, if they can gener- if they can get a huge chance for for him, uh, I think it's I think it's a good move. It's a good move. Uh, and I know some people will say, oh, why are you se- why is MLS going to sell its best players? And it's the business, man. This is this is the business of big of soccer of a club soccer around the world. Your players play well. Teams teams <laughs> come in offering money. It, it's no, it this doesn't. So, Ivis, come on, this is a weird concept. Come on. Anyway, <laughs> it's it's how it's done around the world. It doesn't matter where you are. I mean, Liverpool. Have Raheem Sterling, Man City comes along, they offer money, boom, you sell it, you sell it. Luis Suarez, you know, like it doesn't matter who you are. Cristiano Ronaldo was at Manchester United, biggest club in the world. Guess what? They sold him to Real Madrid when the price was right. Now there's talk of PSG buying him from from Real Madrid. So it, it's just it's hap- it happens. And you, 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 as a business, you have to look at it and decide is it worth is it worth the price to sell him and then go take that money and reinvest it in the club. So. I don't have a problem with it. It does not say anything negative about MLS or or Liga MX being better. Like Club Club America is the biggest club in North America. Period. And maybe I know some MLS fans might not grasp that or might not understand that. Club America is huge. They're a huge club. They spend tons of money. They have big payroll. They have a bigger following than any MLS team. So they have the resources to make big time offers. 
And if you're FC Dallas and you can and you can get a big payday for this player in Fabian Castillo, who you brought in for not that much money. I think they brought him in for under a million dollars. Under a million. Which if you, if can, you could sell him if, for five, six, yeah, 500, can, 600 percent more. If, uh, you yes, clear five, if you can clear a four to five million yes. dollar profit on a player, you do it. Like, give me yes. a break. Like, so I got no problem with that at all. If they sell him, then that's great. And you know what? If they sell him and he goes in and Liga MX and lights up Liga MX. That's how is that bad for MLS? That's good. It's, it shows that the quality of the league and that its top players can go to Liga MX and 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 Be, kill it and because well Ivis. Then he, you know, he's, he's then beating the MLS teams in Concacaf Champions League and blah blah blah. That's why Ivis. That it is, is what it is, man. It's a I business. Know, I know. It's hey, a good, it would be a good business. If you can make business. four or five million off of it, uh, you do that deal. Yep. Enough said. Um, around still around Major League Soccer, Chicago Fire Ivis, they continue to make moves. They pretty much got rid of their entire coaching staff. More people are being linked to the Chicago Fire job. What's the latest? I mean, are they going to make an announcement before the MLS Cup final? Could that happen? What's going? Uh, on? I think it could definitely happen. I, I, it seems like every day that goes by, there's somebody new that's been linked to them or that is interviewed with them. I think the latest now is that Kerry Zivagnan, the, the sporting Kansas city assistant coach has had interviews or an interview. And that's not surprising because let's not forget Kerry Zivagnan was with the Metro stars back when Nelson uh, Rodriguez was with the Metro stars. So, you know, there's a little bit of connection there, you know, along going back, going back quite a ways. Uh, and yeah, the fire definitely, uh, they, they got rid of most of their staff. Uh, one of the people who they did not get rid of was Brian Bliss. And I think that is an interesting dis- development because Brian Bliss has a history with t- the two front runners for the job right now. Todd Ramos and uh, Guillermo Barros-Chiloto are the two people who have been most strongly linked to the job. And they're widely regarded as the favorites for the job. Now, Brian Bliss uh, he he was with the Columbus Crew when the crew brought in Scalotto uh, and had Scalotto there, so he has a, a past relationship with him. And then Bliss has a, a long time relationship friendship with Ty Ramos. I mean, they go way back to their national team days, uh, you know. So they go back they go back a long way. Uh, so you know that that there's that tie. So uh, actually, I had a source tell me that that when Bliss was not formally fired, that that was kind of evidence that Ty Ramos is getting the job and. You know, there's something to be said that, that maybe that's possible, but at the same time, he also has has a, a, a pass with Chiloto. So, I think if you're Nelson Rodriguez and you're kind of down to your two favorites, and you think it's you think it's going to be between Tab Ramos and Chiloto, then why not keep Brian uh, Brian Bliss around? Who you know he has a pra- working relationship with both. He knows both well, uh, and he can show that he can help them kind of with the ropes. And I think both those coaches are going to need someone with 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 a good knowledge of how the league works i mean Ra- ramos has not been around the league for a while his play i mean we're talking i mean he hasn't played in a, you know more than a decade um and he hasn't been an assistant uh or anything like that in mls and then obviously shiloto uh, left mls year, uh, years ago it's been what has it been four or five years now uh he's been down in argentina so i think brian bliss still has a role to play and uh you know we'll see we'll see what he does there i think i think that's you could definitely take the fact that he hasn't been let go as maybe a sign that Nelson Rodriguez is is down to his uh, to his final two candidates. Also, Major League Soccer, we've uh, we've talked about this, Ivis. They're slowly releasing uh, all the awards from all the players. That's Defender of the Year, uh, MVP, Coach, Referee of the Year, all that. MVP coach that's that's later. On. I'm sorry, Coach already announced MVPs later on. They did announce Goalkeeper of the Year. I think you and I both agree that we thought it would be David Ousted, but he was ousted out 
and Luis Robles wins goalkeeper of the year. Got to say I'm proud of that. He's from Arizona. Arizona representing. Uh, I mean, look, not a horrible pick, Ivis, but you could still say surprising that Luis did win the award. It's not surprising that he won. Uh, I think I think you can make a case for him or Osted. Um, I, I was actually torn between the two when the season ended. When the season ended, Luis Robles was my pick. Um, and, but then, you know, you look at the stats, and I'm not talking about the basic stats because I think some people get caught up in the basic stats, which are goals against average, uh, shutouts, uh, win, the win-loss record. But when you go deeper than that, when you go things like catches, punches, save percentage, save percentage inside inside uh, the 18-yard box, outside the 18-yard box, I mean, Osted's stats are pretty damn impressive. And Robles, actually, his his stats would lead you to suggest that he doesn't have the range that an Osted has. But, it, but I mean, having watched both these guys all year, they both had great years. And I, I think we're maybe Robles, people who don't watch him every day or watch every one of his games, I think it's it's – it's a little easier to, to kind of lose sight of the fact that guy came up so big for them so many times mm-hmm. uh, and bailing out that defense so many times um, that I think he he didn't face as many shots, but he he faced he faced some shots that big shots in big moments that he kept his team in games that they, they ended up going on to win. So I think from that standpoint, I think that's why, you know, I think he got the nod. Um, but Osted for me, would have been just as good a pick. I think you could go either way. There's something to be said for the idea. Look, a New York goalkeeper is going to get more of the media vote than a Vancouver goalkeeper. You know, not everybody stays up 11 p.m. Eastern time to watch Vancouver play. So, I mean, there's something to be said to all that. But I, any, any, but honestly, I don't think anyone who says it's a bad pick for to have Reese Robles win it, I, I'm not going to go that far. I'm not going to – I think that's a bit of a stretch. I think they're both deserving. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know some people say, hey, what about Bill Hamid? I mean, look, well, Bill no. Hamid. There's a competition between Osted and Robles. Right. And but R- Bill Robles Hamid, if you're asking me who's the best goalkeeper in the league, Bill Hamid's the best goalkeeper in the league. He missed a lot of games, though. He missed a lot of games. Uh, and and Robles was there the whole game. He, he hasn't missed a game since he's been a starter. So, uh, you know, when which he's is, played. Which is quite amazing because you remember him when he first came over three years ago, Ivis. I mean, you know, he wasn't the cleanest between the pipes. He made mistakes. Was right. there enough and, headaches for fans? Yeah. And this, well, I think this thing. just think, shows honest, his development over the last three well, years. Well, that's the thing. Honestly, I think people who don't watch all the games uh, and just go by what they've known of Robles through the years are going to sit here and think, wait a minute. He's nowhere near the goalkeeper that David Osted is. Osted's been top-notch since he's arrived in MLS. And this is a year. This is an award for the year that they had. This is an award. This is not an award for lifetime achievement. Uh, lifetime achievement or the last three years. It's about right now and this year. And if you're looking at this year, giving goalkeeper of the year to the guy who was in in net for the team that won the supporter shield is not that bad. And he's made big saves in so many games mm-hmm. now. Did he have as many total saves as David Osted? No. Did he save as many penalty kicks as Osted? No. Um, so, the, I mean, there's stats that Osted had a better goals against average. He had a better save percentage. So Osted in the stats category, and I know there's people out there who love the stats. There's definitely stat geeks out there who are, who are in love with Osted. And, and he's a very good goalkeeper, but I totally understand why Robles won that vote. Yeah. Hey, he's from Arizona, so, you know, I'm okay with that. <laughs> come on, come on. Arizona, man, let me tell you. We may not no, have the greatest system. This but is what you do. do. You know how we. This is how we. This is how we deal with this. This whole Osted Robles thing. Give Give Robles goalkeeper of the year, and then give David Osted best eleven. And I know that's going to sound ridiculous, <laughs> but this actually happened before. It happened in, uh, I believe it was two thousand and two, when uh, it, I believe it was Tim Howard. One, I think it was 
Joe Cannon won goalkeeper, and then Tim Howard won best 11. It was one or the other. But it was those two, and they split the awards. And it was very weird at the time. So let's just do that again. Spread the love. I'm Spread checking. Love. Which year did you say? 2000? It was 2002. I think Cannon won goalkeeper in the year. Tim Howard won best 11. 2002. I'm trying to pull it up. I can't pull it up right now. So we'll move on, but I'll try to find it, and I'll let you know. I just <laughs> I don't want to I hate bringing up old stuff don't when we play, do don't shows. Listen. Don't doubt my encyclopedia, encyclopedic knowledge of MLS. I'm not, I'm, hey, hey. <laughs> we could actually do a show. Remember that show on ESPN, like Stump the Schwab, where they'd ask, oh, like, uh, you know, like random sports trivia? Like, if we stuck to, like, MLS, you could be Stump the Ivis. It wouldn't be that hard. It wouldn't be that hard. Or Stump the Galarsep? Nah. Or you could have a kick-ass name. Do you want to be, like, uh... All right, let it go. The let it go. Let from it... Peru, something like that? I'm trying, I'm trying to help you out here. <laughs> no, you're trying to buy time while you look for the, for yeah, the I No, I, I was zoning out, so I wasn't even looking. Uh, By the way, for, uh, Coach of the Year has not been named yet, I don't believe. Not uh, not the official MLS go Coach of the Year. SBI named its Coach of the Year. Yes, we did. Yes, that is right. And it, and it, was, uh, it was Jesse Marsh. Yes, that is right. And well, yeah, the awards are still coming out for – I mean, they're stretching them out. I mean, that's – who's, so. who's your Coach of the Year? We should talk about that. My Coach of the Year? Uh, who did I pick again? <laughs> you know, it's one or the other. It's either Marsh or Pereja. Oh, I'm Pereja all day. You know that. No, see, I disagree. I disagree with that pick. Well, I think it's just look, they did he look, he's owed one from last year. So, uh, well, see, that's the thing. I know. I see. I lo- I knew you'd freak out. That's the thing. And thank <laughs> you for setting me up for the people who get all bent out of shape about Oscar Pereja not winning goal, uh, not winning coach of the year, <laughs> and they definitely do when they, when they hear, oh, Jesse Marsh. Blah, 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 blah. Listen. Je- Oscar Pereja. You knew they were going to make the playoffs. You no, didn't no, think no, New York no, would no, win the no, supporters. No, can I make my point? Let me make. Oscar Pereja one coach should have won Coach of the Year last year. Yes, and I he had my vote last year. He did an amazing job last year. Now he did a great job this year too. But like he like a chunk of the work that he had to do to transform this team took place last year. Jesse Marsh came in this year. To a team in transition, a team in flux, a team dealing with the departure of a, a well-liked coach, and the departure of Terry Henry and Tim Cahill, and he rebuilt this team and won and led them to a supporter shield, led them to an impressive season, the most consistent season in the league, and it's and this award is for the year, just like we were talking about goalkeeper. Coach is for the is, is for the job they did in the this year. So if there was a, an award for MLS coach of the last two years, Haska Pereja would run away with that award. But if we're talking about 2015 and the job they did in 2015, the my the vote go for me. The vote goes to Jesse Marsh. Yeah, I agree. I I knew that fire you about the Oscar for No, because no, the thing is, like, I, I hate the idea that people. Say, I know oh, you can't you make it up. It's dumb. And if if borders do that, stupid. You don't respect Pereja. Like, oh, Pereja has been amazing. I think he's gotten all the credit he deserves. But I, I mean, anyone who wants to go back and listen to our shows a year ago, I thought Pereja just you know he 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 could he was he didn't get nearly the credit he no, should he have gotten. Last so maybe now people are kind of like they forget just how much he did last year to get them to where he got him to. So yeah, well, he's done an amazing job. That's yeah, he, he deserves did. something. He did do he a good job. And you know what? He, he, maybe he'll still get an MLS Cup out of it. Yeah. 
So it was a chance. All right, Ivis, time to move on, talk U.S. men's national team. Last week, second game of World Cup qualifying for the 2018 World Cup in Russia. U.S. down in Trinidad played them to a scoreless draw. After the game, Jurgen Klinsmann said that he was happy with the draw. And then you have some people that, you know, mostly from the fans, you know, Ivis, I, I think they're expecting more, which, yes, it's fair for them to say that, especially against Trinidad. But, look, I mean, the U.S. isn't in great form. However, though, when you look at the game, I mean, is it fair for people to you know, to be met with the fact that Jurgen was okay with the draw here? Man, I mean, at the end of the day, it's funny because, you know, when he came out of this reading stuff, and it, it never fails. I mean, it's clear as day that there are people who, who, who want Klinsman fired. There's a lot of people who want to fire. A lot of people who think he's done a terrible job, and he hasn't done a great job. He hasn't done a good job. He's, he's not done a great job, no question about it. But you still have to take everything, like – Every, you have to take everything on a case by case basis. You can't you can't sit here and look at this result and say, "Oh yeah, by the way, this combined with the Gold Cup is really awful." Like, no, 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 no we're no. talking about right now. And I'm not saying you're doing that, but I've seen that a lot. There's people who kind of just sound like broken records and everything. That anything that Klinsman does is going to be seen through a certain prism. And for me, he deserved all the bashing and all the criticism that he got for the Gold Cup performance and for the lost cock in the CONCACAF cup no question about it he and he's delusion and he is delusional if he thinks that the US played well in the CONCACAF cup which he's still holding on to he's delusional if he thinks the US uh finished fourth at the gold cup because of anything other than how badly they played which he's still kind of holding on to so yes you can criticize him for that but put that on put that in a box and put it to the side and now we're in 2018 world cup qualifying cycle it has begun let's talk about it in front of in fr- this is the task at hand right now they went on the road, they faced the toughest team in their group, and they got a point. They shut down a team that has been killing teams with their attack. They shut down they they held a team to zero goals that had scored a combined seven goals against mm-hmm. Mexico two meetings this year. This is a good team. This is a better Trinidad team that they've then you could argue than they've ever had, or at the very least better than any Trinidad team they've had since they they qualified for the World Cup. And I think there needs to be a respect for the opponent. And, and, and a respect for the job that was done. And you can, and no, no one was celebrating the draw. It wasn't as if U.S. players held their arms up and said, yes, we got a point. No one's saying that. But they understand it's a job in qualifying, win at home, get points on the road when you can get on the road. And if they just shut down the toughest team, in, their second toughest team in the group, the biggest other challenger in the group, how is that a bad thing? How is that? A def- how is that like a defeat? It so isn't. And you know what the issue is? And this is I'm going to just break it down. This is the main issue. Hmm. There are way too many people who are still butthurt over the Gold Cup, who are still butthurt over the CONCACAF Cup, that they need they need some some something to, to ease the pain that still lingers because of those. things. And the only thing that was going to do that was a win. The only thing that was going to do that was a three nil, four nil win in Trinidad. And this just isn't that Trinidad team you're going to do that to. It just isn't. So because they didn't win the game and because those fans who are still kind of re- recovering from the, the, the disappointments of past months, because they didn't get that 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 e- that, that, that the easing of the pain, the, the immediate reaction is, oh, this was awful. This was terrible. This was embarrassing. No, it was not embarrassing. They played a good team. They they You could argue they outplayed them in a lot of ways. I mean, yes. Trinidad was they looked like the more fun team to watch. They 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 looked more dangerous at times. But who had the better chances on the day? Who dominated the possession battle on the day? You can talk to me all you want about shots, total shots, 
or shots on goal. Look at the shot chart. Trinidad took so many bad shots that that never had a chance of being a threat. Who the hell cares that they outshot the U.S.? Who had the better chances? The U.S. Who created the better chances? The U.S. Who thoroughly controlled the second half? The U.S. And whose fans were celebrating at the end of the game? Not the U.S. fans. The Trinidad fans. I was there. The Trinidad fans got up and applauded. And they applauded a good game. They applauded their team for getting a point, And they applauded what was actually a good game. It was a good game. It, and there weren't a lot of goals. There were no goals. But it was still a good battle. And the U.S., took care, they did what they had to do. They got the point against the toughest team in the group, the other toughest team in the group. And they're going to qualify. So, like, all this talk about how this was bad, it would, like, give me a break. And, hey, I'm the, I'll be the first one to say Klinsman should be crushed for for them not doing what they needed to do. But this in this instance, I'm sorry, man. People, for me, I'm people are, people are, are grasping a bit. Well, I think it's just, you know, it's the whole meltdown this year. You know, the Gold Cup, CONCACAF Cup. We talked about the U23s, the U20s. It's just, you know, it's just the last couple months haven't been great for the U.S. No, it's, I agree. And, I totally, and the fans, I, you know, they're just, you know. And and that, but that's what that's what that was my point. It's like the 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 backlash about this particular result was so not about this result. And all I would say is for people like who are kind of who maybe lost lost their lost their minds a little over this result, or who who kind of got a little or who, who kind of reacted overly negatively to the result, I would just say. Take a step back and ask yourselves, is the reaction about this game or is it about what's happened over the last four months? And I think in most cases, it's over what happened over the last four months. And I know some people will say, oh, in the past, we always beat Trinidad. Uh, you know, we were able to, 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 you know, have our way with them. What's the deal? Here's the thing. The current U.S. team, here, here's a news flash, news flash. The current U.S. team is not as good Blasphemy. as the U.S. teams. Blasphemy. Right Come now. on, Ivis. Why would you say things like that? I'm just saying because apparently people who have not figured this out by now. The U.S. Number is not, one, yeah, the current U.S. team is in a, is not in a, in good shape right. They're not in a good place right now compared to any point in the last six seven years. That no. that's not is that's not news. And number two, this Trinidad team, best Trinidad team they've had since the Russell Latipi, uh, you know, teams of Dwight York and 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 the like. I mean, they they they're they're playing really well, man. They're a fun team to watch. Kenwin Jones. Uh, Kaleem Highland, Joven Jones. I mean, they they're 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 attacked. They play with confidence. They knock the ball around. And, and it's funny because I'm sure, I'm sure U.S. fans were looking at that stuff and looking at the, the the things that they were doing, especially in the first half, and thinking, well, why can't we do that? Why aren't we doing that? Why aren't we? But wait, why can't you know? And it's almost you catch yourself and say, wait a minute, we're the U.S. We're supposed to be the team that dominates Trinidad. And and this goes back to the point I, I feel like I made in in recent shows about how. A lot of U.S. fans just uh, – there's a lot of U.S. fans who are not used to being second best to Mexico, who who got spoiled over 10 to 12 years of the U.S. winning that rivalry and having the edge in that rivalry for the for a large for a large part of the, that time. So times have changed a little bit. Trinidad has closed the gap a little bit. I still say the U.S. is, is still ahead of Trinidad. Of course. Um, and, and, and as I said – we're not they ahead had of the, Mexico. We're second. No. No, Mexico's not Mexico's top team concav. Deal with it. It, it happens. <laughs> it's, just, it's not. It's just. It is what it I is. love how it's you just said like deal with it as of like no, fans should you know, know you that is, right now. Wants to blame someone for it, and it, and it, it, I don't care who had been the coach since 2011. Based like this U.S. team would not like. In my opinion, you could you could say I'm wrong, and I know people who refuse to believe it, but 
I don't know what I don't know what coach could have been the coach over the last four years and at this point gotten this U.S. team to be ahead of where Mexico is. Mexico's just in a good point right now with so many top players playing in Europe, playing in top leagues in Europe. Uh, you know, wh- who what what U.S. coach right now would have made the difference in these four years that would have made the U.S. players not mostly be going back to MLS or not playing in Champions League or not. You know what I mean? Like, so that's from that standpoint, I think it's way too easy to make your inclusion escape go over Mexico being better. Now it's not about him. Mexico's just in a good, they're at a good point right now. So you can cast blame all you want, but it's really not about Klinsman. Um, but anyway, we're, we've kind of, I've kind of lost the, the game. Thing here. We need to talk about the game though. U.S. had the better chances. Yes. And if you want to criticize Klinsman, yeah, criticize him for Jesse's artist starting over Bobby Wood. I'm, I, I'll give anybody that. I was surprised by that. We don't know all. We don't know everything. We don't know if it, was there an injury issue. Uh, did Klinsman think that Zardes, from a physical from a physical standpoint, was better equipped to deal with Trinidad? I, I mean, I could totally get that. I mean, he's obviously a, a more physical specimen and 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 could deal with could deal with it. And maybe he liked the idea of Wood coming yeah, off the Wood, bench. Wood's been good off the bench. He's been very yeah. Good off so the bench. I mean, I get that. And you know what? If you're if you're Zardes, <laughs> if you're Zardes, you got to finish. You got to finish those chances. He had two chances. Oh yeah, the one that he hit the post. Yeah, away. he needs to. So I mean, for all you, for all some people wanted to make about Trinidad and how they were so great, and they they were they outplayed the U.S. What were the dangerous chances? They had a nice look in like the twenty sixth second of the match, where where I think it was Tim Ream got nutmegged, and then there was a dangerous ball put into the penalty area. But other than that, I mean, a lot of the stuff was was flashy. A lot of the stuff was like you know like like nice dribbles and nice cutbacks and, and nice control of the ball. Uh, nice trickery. That's the problem, Ivis. Why can't the U.S. players play like that? <laughs> well, that's a whole other issue. I that's know, I know, I know. But anyway, but yeah, there was a lot of nice. There was a lot of flash. There was a lot of flash from Trinidad. But how many dangerous chances were there really? Not many. The U.S. had the better chances, so they had the better chances. They they were they were organized defensively. And 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 I know people will say, oh, now you're, you're it, it's uh what's the you know you're setting the bar low for you know for for positives but i don't think that's something that you should just you know ignore i mean considering the defensive performances of recent months to have them go there and shut down trinidad i mean that's something that you take something from that you take something away from that that was positive they uh they went in there with the game plan and they i i think they executed the game plan. like if you're your Klinsman, you go into this game you say we need to shut them down we need to create some chances they did that Justice Artist just has to put him home. Okay, well, a few other things from the game. Clearly, you're going to listen to the show, Ivis, because he put uh, DeAndre Yedlin on the wing. <clears throat> that did not go over that well. Uh, Michael Roscoe, you could say that was a surprise that he played right back. Um, overall, Ivis, when, when you when you watch this game, who stood out to you? Who looked pretty good? Anything that you took away? Well, a few guys that I thought played well. I thought I thought Josie Altidore played well. Uh, the first half was a bit of a struggle. I think I think Altidore and Zardes had some issues working out their their spacing, their positioning. They they had they don't have a ton of games together, so I think from that standpoint, the, the lack of familiarity with, with them kind of affected them in the first half. But second half, uh, Altidore dropped deeper. He, he he to get more of the ball. And I thought I thought he had a good game. And I know some, it's I was surprised actually. That some people kind of were critical of him. I thought, yeah, what I people well. critical of Josie Altador? Yeah, I know. You don't <laughs> say. Come on. <laughs> you know what? Unfortunately, there's some score. People... Then it's it's. Yeah. There's or... some people who just who have, there there are broken records out or like, there. Or who, like even if Josie like... Altador gets a penalty, it's like oh, well, he scored, but it's just a penalty. Okay, okay. other players do all that right, too. All right, all right. We're, all right, we're getting away. We're getting. I'm we're just saying. Tangent. People need to freak out. Stop freaking out. <laughs> Altador played well. I thought Jermaine Jones played well. He he got my vote for man of the match. 
And and the thing with him is that maybe if you're watching on TV, you don't kind of quite get a grasp of the work that he put in. But the guy put in a ton of work. And we're talking about a guy who in the past has not always uh, been the most disciplined guy playing in the number six role, playing in that defensive midfield mm-hmm. role. He's a guy who loves to freelance and roam, and it always seems like he doesn't want to be tied down to the back. He wants to get into the attack. But he played the six role like you want him to play that role because he they needed him to stay in front of the defense. They needed him to deal with Trinidad's playmaker, Kaleem Highland, and he did that. They needed him to, 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 to offer some support on Kenwin Jones. He did that. Uh, and he, he he put in a ton of... A ton of work. And now I need need I remind everybody that if Jermaine Jones has shown anything, it's that when he's playing for a contract, when he's playing for some money, when he's playing for a chance to get a payday, the guy delivers. As we saw at the World Cup when he wanted to come play in MLS, he had his game plan and he killed it at the World Cup. And here he is again. He's out of contract. He knows he needs to get paid. And he's going to come and he's, he's going to show what he can do. And, he, and for me, I thought he was excellent in that D mid role. And you know what? The only time he got forward, the only time he like kind of uh, got into the attack, he put a shot off of the crossbar. So I, I thought he was excellent. Um, and then, of course, everyone's going to want to talk about Darnton Nagby. And I'm sorry. It's time to let let the Darnton Nagby, Nagby era begin. Let it begin. He should he should be in the starting lineup come March whenever the U.S. resumes, uh, or whenever they're back on, in action. Put him in the starting lineup. It's time to make him a regular starter. He is that good. You can say what you want. It's you know over overhype him. Blah blah blah. It the quality is there for everyone to see. The touch, the control, the confidence, the speed. He has it all. He has qualities that they're just you just don't see from in other people in the pool. It's time to put him in the lineup, and I think he showed in these two qualifiers that he's ready. He's ready for. I think he's ready for prime time. Well, of course he's ready for prime time. I guess he's proved that the last two months. Come on. <laughs> uh, well, you know, step by step. I think it'll be. I think it'll be good for him if he's starting in the qualifiers in March against Guatemala. I think that'll be his chance to really break mm-hmm. out and show what he. And I have his guys who uh, underperform. I don't want to say they didn't play well. They just underperformed. Uh, obviously, Zardis and Michael Bradley. I mean, not, not the best night for him. No, he, he did not have the best night. And uh, it's interesting because, you know, you look at the passing stats, and uh, I think it's once again a case of, you know, we, we expect so much of Bradley. He, he gets so much of the ball that when he turns the ball over, uh, it's kind of obvious for everyone to see. And I think there were a lot of plays – a lot of sequences, a lot of moments where, you know, he, he, he kind of just lost the ball and it was uncharacteristic of him. He did not have any, but he did not have a good game. And even having said that, I, I think it's a little crazy for people to all of a sudden be like, oh, he's, he shouldn't be starting. And <laughs> Who says um, that? Now, like, That's reckless. Um, no, it happens, man. You get people who, who kind of, because obviously there's the Darnton Nagby hype train and it's like, oh, bench Bradley, start Nagby. Like, no, it's not. A, it shouldn't really be either or. Even though Klinsman kind of made it in either or in the post game when he said, you know what, Nagby, he likes Nagby centrally, but right now he has Bradley and Jones. I think Klinsman's going to have to think about Finding if he's going to keep Jermaine Jones around, and I know people go crazy about that idea because Jermaine Jones is 58 years old. I'm kidding; he's 34 years old. Um, pe- people are kind of like, "What? Why is he still there? Like, he's not going to be in the 2018 World Cup. He's going to be too old." Um, there is going to come a time, and it's going to be in 2016 where it's time to say goodbye to Jermaine Jones. Klinsman is not ready to do that. He's Jermaine Jones is his guy. He brings a certain level of toughness uh, to the field that they want against tougher opponents. I think he. In 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 his, I think in Klinsman's plans, he wants to keep Jermaine Jones around 
if he's healthy, wants to keep him around in Co- and have him in Copa America. I feel like he thinks he still needs him. Um, so from that standpoint, I think we'll see Jermaine Jones. A healthy Jermaine Jones will still be with the U.S. at least until next summer. Um, but and if that's the case, then Clemson needs to figure out a way to get all three of these guys into the mm-hmm. starting lineup. And whether that's going with a 4-2-3-1, whether that's playing Nagby wide, uh, you got to figure out a way to do it. Because Nagby, for me, is too good to, to, to have on the bench. For me, he's better than Zardis. I think you need Zardis that has Zardis has work to do, man. Zardis is you know he has good qualities, but at the same time, like his decision making is not always there. His touches is pretty bad at times. Nagby with his his close control, his passing, his touch. I mean, he has the best touch on the national team. I, don't, I like I used to say Bradley, but Nagby has the best touch in the national team. Uh, he's a guy who needs to start sooner than later. So if I'm the Oregon Klinsman, I'm I'm figuring out a way to get Nagby on the field. To get, you know, if you're keeping Jones, because personally I would have my questions about keeping Jones. And I know a lot of people are suggesting play Michael Bradley as the six, play him as a defensive midfielder. Mm. I would advise these people to think about Bradley's career. He's, he's, he's not, a, he's more of a box to box slash he's attacking. Not a, he's not a defensive midfielder. No, he's not. He's Kyle not. Beckerman is a defensive midfielder. Yeah, but he's also 34. He's all, like, so, like, right now they need Those oh, are just they need, details. Right. But so that's that that's that's the issue. That's what that's part of the reason that Jermaine Jones is still hanging or hanging around and hanging around is because there's you know what there's no young guy ready to step in. And I used to be like, oh, what about Perry Kitchen? What about Will Trap? I like Will Trap. Is he ready? Mm, might, he might need a little bit more time. So that's what Jermaine Jones is doing right now. He's kind of the placeholder until the next generation's D mid is ready. To step in, and you know, I thought Daniel Williams might be that guy, but I don't know now after that Costa Rica game. Although he did score a goal this weekend for Reading, so maybe, maybe there's hope. But we'll see. This summer is going to be very interesting because I want to see that lineup. I want to see who is in your lineup. If Dempsey's back, if Brad, if you can get Bradley Dempsey, Nagby, Altador, Jones all together, Bedoya. I mean, there's there's some options there. So it's up to Klinsman to figure out how to get all the pieces to fit. Well, you're going to have some time. The U.S. doesn't have any games now for quite some time. We get to look forward to January camp, Ivis, so you're going to have some time to figure that out. You just alluded to it. Copa America, which will be being played next year in June. The cities have been announced, Ivis. Luckily for you, three stadiums are in your general area. Some other cities, Phoenix. I think you need to take a trip out to Phoenix, Ivis. You have uh, L.A., Seattle. I got to say, though, I'm surprised. Dallas didn't make the list, and Orlando over Miami. What is this world coming to, Ivis? Well, as far as Miami goes, I believe it's because their stadium is undergoing major renovations. So that's why they weren't even in the picture. So once once Miami was – I agree with you. I, w- I was surprised about that at the time because it, as soon as the Copa America – idea first was born i thought hey miami's got to get a semi-final right miami is such a international city and i can't think of many cities in 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 the u.s that are more cl- closely tied to south america than miami so i was a little surprised by that. i agree with you but obviously the stadium issues uh, couldn't be overcome and, and that's where orlando stepped in orlando's going to have that opportunity now to to be a big host and and i i'm not gonna i'm not gonna argue with uh, MetLife Stadium hosting the final. I don't have a problem with the Copa America final being at a stadium I can see from where I am right now. <laughs> I'm looking out the window. I can see 
MetLife Stadium. So that's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, we'll see how it goes. Dallas, I was a little surprised. I yeah, agree with you. Houston, yeah, Houston over Dallas. But you, you think Jerry uh, yeah. World would get it, right? Hey, but hey, Jerry World is you know maybe the scene there hasn't always been the best. The field conditions, the yeah. security. Uh, I think I think that that's been an issue in the past. Although Houston, I think has had similar issues. So. I don't know. I, I I I don't know what happened there. And maybe or maybe uh, Jerry World, maybe Dallas was kind of like, we'll do it if we get the final, and and Conca- and Concacaf's like, yeah, okay, whatever, and then that was it, and then they're out. So you know, who who knows for sure? But uh, I I think the cities that were chosen, I think it's a good list. Um, I, I will be interested to see where the U.S. gets sent. There's already rumblings about Seattle being. A, I'm going to uh, say a, Seattle, Chicago, and Philadelphia. That'd be nice. I I would not have a problem with that. Spread the love. Uh, obviously, there's going to be some markets that that Mexico. And I'll are... say yeah, Mexico will be L.A., Phoenix, Houston. <laughs> Possible. Yeah. Watch Those that are... one. <laughs> yeah. It's it's almost, I mean, Come on, you know it's going to be those three. You know Phoenix for sure. They'll probably stick one in Houston. Then it'll either be like San Francisco or L.A. They will not. There's no way they'll stick like Mexico and Seattle. Or no, Boston. No. <laughs> U.S. and Seattle makes too much sense. Uh, we all remember US the... And U.S. could be Boston, maybe. Mm-hmm, possible. Uh, I, I think... I, we, 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 all remember the, we all remember the U.S. Uh, qualifier against Panama and Seattle. The great, great, great atmosphere they had for that one. Um, but yeah, just looking at the teams... Uh, yeah, I agree with you. I think L.A., Houston... And, L.A. and Houston makes sense for Mexico. Um, and Phoenix. I agree with you. That, 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 those three for Mexico. And then for the U.S., Seattle, Boston would be a good one. Yeah. I think Boston would be a good one. Although Boston for Brazil, you have the big Brazilian Portuguese population down up up there. So, yeah, no, some good options there. Where does Argentina go? That's what people want to know. Where is Lionel Messi going to be playing his game? Uh, San Francisco. San Francisco. That's where all the money is. There you go. That's what's that supposed to mean? Mm-hmm. The other places yep. have money, like yeah. Philadelphia. Mm. <laughs> well, well probably get anyway, a I always throw shade on these East Coast cities. Uh, yeah, you should travel a little bit. I do. I was born in Philadelphia. <laughs> Take it easy. Um, oh, a little known facts. Yeah, I told you that. Garrett cleverly. I was born outside of Philadelphia and in, uh, in Bucks County, Yardley, in Pennsylvania. In Reading. Reading. Yes, Reading, Pennsylvania. <laughs> uh, well, I was special you can't call that city. Settle down. Bucks County is like. I was like 30, 30 minutes outside, right? Yeah, it's a bit of a reach. Well, okay, what am I supposed to say? I'm from Bucks County. People are going to be like, where the hell is that? Fair enough, fair enough. You know? It's like where you say you're from, New York. I never say that. What do you say? I never. You know what? Okay. Not, <laughs> the only time I ever say it from New you York. You are so easy. I don't know what is up with you. On today's show, you are just so easy. No, but it's like anyone who knows, <laughs> knows I, I rep Jersey to the death. Do you say so. you're from Newark? No, I say Jersey. Jersey. That's all I say. I don't even say New Jersey. I say Jersey. That's it. That's all I gotta say. Jersey. Never you would ne- never hear me say New. The only time I would say New York is if I was like in Japan somewhere and and like or, or you know South Africa and, and there's a chance maybe the person doesn't know New Jersey. But I think at this point now people know Jersey, so I just say Jersey. No offense to New York. Hey, I love New York, but I'm not from New York. I'm not gonna say I'm from New York. I will fire you up. It's too easy. <laughs> Cool. Well, that's the Copa America be played in June. I obviously have that to look forward to. We need to move over talk a little bit about the Americans abroad. Rangers in Scotland want to keep getting on Zayla Lim. Would this be a smart move for him to stay up there? Obviously, playing time for the number one reason. Just keep playing. Keep him there. Let him stay. Um, I think it makes sense. Obviously, 
you wondered how he'd do, and he's it's, by all accounts he's done well there, and he's getting playing time. So yeah, have it extend through the whole year. It's not like he's going to go back to Arsenal and get playing time. So have him have him stay at Rangers and finish out the year, and then reassess in the summer. Uh, hopefully by then maybe he can ready to t- uh, he can be ready to take another step up and maybe play in the league championship next year. Uh, he has time. I mean, what is he eighteen? Wait, he could be a young. Champions League player. Woo. League league championship. League championship. Mm. Oh, that's right. No Rangers in the top division. My mistake. Spoke a little early there, Ivis. Yeah, they still have a to little, get a little, little early. That was, that was a little premature on my part. I apologize for that. <laughs> Remember, they had to climb out of I like know, four I know. I, I keep forgetting that they're still not the top division yet. It's, you know what? It doesn't there. seem so long ago, but it, it, it was a long time ago when it happened. Crazy. Yeah, I know. Crazy. The, 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 the years of them being in the Champions League and Maurice Dupe in the Champions League, that was a long time. I, I know. Ago. It was four, four, four or five years ago, I think, right? It has to be. Where's, where, did the, where does the time go? I don't know. It's been wasted on the youth, Ibis. I'm old enough to say yes. that now. I can say things like that. You're not even 30, man. Uh, down in France, Ivis, Bob Bradley picks up a draw in his first um, in his first uh, first League game. Two. First, yeah, first game. I'm like brain fart. Totally picked up a draw. Good start for him in France. Uh, it's. I mean, you know, it's obviously, draw, it's you, you like it's to start. see him get a win. So, uh, and and before anyone kind of makes a comment about the, and they lost the cup match to a lower a lower uh, lower division team in the cup. Uh, and I some people look at that like, what is going on there? But it's, they're a team that's fighting for promo- to get promoted to the, to, to the top division. They don't need to, to worry about a cup, right, to play in the cup. So I think, if anything, I'm not going to say they threw that game, but I don't think that was a big priority for that team. Uh, I think Lahar is, it has its sights set on uh, its sights set on gaining promotion. So zero uh, zero is an okay start, but you know what? I think it's going to take a little time. It's going to take uh, Bradley time to get get settled in, to learn his team, and obviously you get into the winter, and, and they'll have their op- their opportunity to buy some players. So uh, you know, I don't think anyone should should expect miracles from day one. I think Bradley's going to have his time to mold his team, and you know, let's give it a couple of months and see how he does. Bringing it back home, dropping it down division to NASL. Jacksonville Armada reports are coming out, Ivis, that they're interested in hiring Tony Miola. Good fit for him and for Jacksonville. I think it's a great opportunity for him. Um, we're talking about a guy who obviously was a big part of that that 1990, 1994 U.S. Uh, World Cup teams, and he, you know, he's a great guy. Obviously, he's a Jersey guy. Uh, I'm gonna miss him doing TV and radio stuff. I thought he, I thought he's done well, man. I, I like, I like listening to his, his opinions, his views. I think he's really good on, on, on broadcast. But obviously, you want, you want another one of these guys from this generation to get their opportunity to coach and get their chance to show what they can do. And I think it's great. Uh, you know, Jacksonville is a team that uh, they have a good following. They, they, in their, their first year, they, they, they um, you know, they had their ups and downs, but. It's a healthy club, and I think it's a club with with the kind of backing that's going to give Tony Miola every opportunity to succeed. So you know what? We'll see what we can do, man. Having we'll have another Jersey boy doing this thing. Uh, up in Canada, Ottawa Fury top scorer Tom Heineman is signing with Tampa Bay. Reportedly, reportedly, reportedly excuse me, re- excuse me, reportedly <laughs> signing with Tampa Bay. Um, possibly Ivis of maybe him joining the Cosmos. I mean, would, how big of a move would this be for Tampa Bay if they can bring him in? That's a big signing for them. I mean, they, if you looked at, at the way the year went for Tampa Bay, uh, they really needed a striker. They really needed a reliable striker, and that's something they really didn't have. Mike Consantos 
uh, couldn't stay healthy. That was a big issue for them. Georgie Ristoff was so-so. He wasn't that great. Um, I think Freddie Adu uh, was, was, did well for them. Uh, but I think it really hurt him to not have a reliable forward. I think if if you if if Tampa Bay had a Heineman this year, this this recent fall season, uh, they would have they'd be in the playoffs. I think they would have made the playoffs, and I think Freddie Adu would have probably had five or six more assists than he had. So uh, so we'll see now him stepping in there. And and mind you, from my understanding, Freddie Adu is is not ne- has not necessarily been locked up to play for the Rowdies for next year. I think that's still being worked out. Um, if you're Tampa Bay, you, I don't see how they wouldn't want to keep him. Uh, and if I'm and if I'm Freddie Adu, I want to stay there another year and, and see how things go. And and if anything, maybe this Heineman signing shows shows Freddie Adu that, hey, you know what? They're, they're serious about trying to build a winner there. So uh, maybe that'll be the next bit of, of news to come out of there is, is, is Freddie Adu, you know, agreeing to stay there. That won't happen, Ivis. He's too busy doing endorsements for vacuum cleaners. No, oh, stop it! <laughs> I'm glad you brought that up. I got because that scene. Oh no, no! Okay, we're moving on. We're no, moving no, no. on. Soapbox oh is coming out real quick. I'm, have, I'm giving you thirty seconds. That's all you have on this. No, no time limits. This is not PTI. Starting this is now. Thirty. About the Freddy. I, I'm surprised. I was. I was. I was surprised, but not surprised. So people who have no idea what we're talking about, Freddie do put out a tweet. At the, I think it was an Instagram. <laughs> it was on uh, Twitter, I think. It was on both. It was on Instagram and Twitter, and it was him. It was him promoting a uh, like a Hoover, like a, a vacuum cleaner, whatever, a vacuum thing. It was him. The picture of him using like a vacuum thing, and it was basically an ad, right? It was an ad. Yeah. It was a promote a promoted tweet. Uh, now here's a newsflash, folks. Athletes do this. Athletes <laughs> get paid to use products. They get paid to, to to promote products, and it's it's funny how it and that whole thing turned. Yeah, people get yeah, but it turned into that's his job. That's why now. I'm laughing. It was so funny. It's like, listen, anyone go look at Cristiano Ronaldo's Twitter feed. It is one big stream of advertising. Well, he's not doing Hoover, that, Hoover vacuum cleaners. No, well, but hey, you take what you get. Yeah, I know. Like, I agree. Hey, like, hey, if he made five grand off that, I would love five grand in my pocket. Oh yeah, that's all I'm saying. Like, like you know, it's so funny, man. Like it is what it is. Like at the end of the day, Freddie Adu's got a lot of people who I know who are gonna throw shade <laughs> on him, who are gonna hate on him. Fact of the matter is, the guy's trying to get his career back on track. I think he took a good step towards rebuilding that by coming back to NASL. And think about that: a lot of people didn't think he would ever do that. That he would ever, uh, you know, take that step to come to NASL and try to rebuild his career. He did that. He played. He played well. Good first positive step. And but yes, guess what? There's still so many haters out there who want to crap on the guy. And it's like. Uh, like, it, I, it was just—it was funny. The reaction was funny. <laughs> well, I thought it, it was because you know I how. Know. I feel. It, it, and, and not to and obviously Ronaldo is such an extreme example, but there's players all the time promoting stuff. Uh, athletes in all these yeah, sports. Yeah, I mean, what about like the former stuff. dude? What about the former guys that are promoting like depends for men's? I mean, uh, I, 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 yeah. I would not. I'd, I'd, I would choose you, a vacuum cleaner over that. Yeah. Well, who? Yeah. I, I, anyone, like, anyone who wants to make fun of Freddie Adu for, for 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 tweeting about vacuum cleaners, you're telling me you wouldn't t- you would turn down money to to, to promote a vacuum like, cleaner? No, you wouldn't. And probably oh. get a free vacuum cleaner too. Exactly. <laughs> I need a vacuum. <laughs> so do we? <laughs> up, That's why it's hilarious. <laughs> I don't know. It's it is what it is. Yeah, uh, Ivis College Cup, men's College Cup underway. First round is in the books. Second round also in the books. All of the top twelve seeds had advanced, have advanced to the Sweet Sixteen. Excuse me, except for two: Boston College, who has now ripped off two wins. 
picked up a victory over South Florida, and also SMU have ripped off two wins unranked. They're facing number four, Akron. Um, you got to say, though, Ivis, I mean, this is pretty surprising to have this many ranked teams actually advanced. I mean, you do have some two Cinderella teams, but, I mean, you usually see a few more upsets in the Men's College Cup than this. Yeah, no, it's it, it, things have held serve, and uh, the one kind of team that, that I, I, I was a little surprised to see go out was UCLA, but I feel like it's become kind of an annual rite of passage that they don't that they don't fulfill expectations. They always have a ton of talent. They never get it done. It's they're it's a young team. Hey, hey, they're a young team, Ivis. Oh, they're always a young team. I don't want to hear they're that. Ca- next year. Oh, oh next that's year. right, because your boy's there. Your boy's there. So the, Jose that's Hernandez. Where, that's the name yeah, you're looking Jose for. I, I know you're struggling with that. <laughs> no, I know who it is. He's a boy. But it, Abu Dhabi will not be there probably, and neither would uh, Sadat Koye or Jackson Ewell. They might all leave. You don't know. They could be like Jordan Morris. Mm, nah, man, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know if they're living as lavishly as Jordan Morris is that he can afford to stay in school. <laughs> so it's a little, different, a little different situation. But uh, no, but credit to Seattle, Seattle University. They 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 pulled off the victory there, and uh, at least there's one team in Seattle still playing in November. Oh shade. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> what was that? Oh, no, I know, that, that was my, This yeah, show is sorry. totally gone off the rails. I know it is. It is. It's it's it's. it's way <laughs> I can't early, you, you just know? said that. Oh shade. <laughs> That's so bad. That was like the, that was like the little it's kid. Yeah. It's true, though. It's true. But anyway, um, no. But it, it, the the tournament. It's a. It's good. This is going to be a wide open tournament. You know, there's no real clear cut juggernaut. Um, I mean, there's so many good teams this year that that are all kind of on a similar level. Wake Forest, Georgetown, Stanford. <clears throat> you have Akron, who's, who are coming on, coming on really strong. Uh, big victory Clemson. for them over Rutgers, six one. Yeah. Yeah, I mean they smack. Yeah, Akron—they're a handful, man. Richie Larea is—is—is talk about a guy who's gaining momentum as a potential generation Adidas target. Uh, he's done well for himself, but now we're getting to the round where there's going to be a ton of really good matchups. Mm-hmm. You got now that you're into the Sweet 16. I mean, look at the brackets. You got uh, Wake Forest, Indiana, Seattle, Syracuse is going to be a good one. North Carolina, Creighton. I mean that that one. If you're an, if you're a pro scout uh, for this round. That's going to be a good one to watch. You have Jonathan Campbell, one of the best defenders in the country. You have Omar Holness, who's, who's you know been a generation Adidas target since he arrived at North Carolina, and then you have Fabian Herbers for Creighton, who, who's been one of the best players in the country this year. That is probably going to be the most popular spot for pro scouts uh, for this round. Although there'll be a fair number of scouts at the Notre Dame Maryland match. Yeah, I was going to say Notre Dame Maryland. That looks pretty good on paper as well. There, there's a couple of guys there. Obviously, Patrick Hodan is 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 is, is a, a top guy there. Uh, Maryland has a couple of guys, Mile Corbeau's, and, and it, it's that's a good one. But for me, if I could go, I'm, unfortunately, I won't be at any of these. I'll be home. I'll be uh, I'll be going to the Red Bulls uh, playoff game on Sunday. But if I could pick one of these games to go to, I would go to the North Carolina Creighton match because that I think that's going to be a barn burner. Um, we also mentioned this Stanford David Vance. So uh, look, that just can, Jordan Morris, man, he's he's, he's Ivis. He's finding a way to milk everything out of college before he signs that contract with Seattle, right? No, they're a powerhouse, and I think I mean I, I predicted Georgetown, uh, Georgetown Stanford final. I mean I I hope that that actually can it, happen. It can happen. Good. Uh, I was making sure I didn't read the the, the bracket wrong. They're on uh, different sides. Yeah, good. Stanford stacked. Stanford stacked, mm-hmm. and uh, I think they you know nothing against Ohio State. I think I think they should beat Ohio State. Um, it's gonna be a good match. Good match, but. Uh, Stanford's a good one. Uh, hopefully, we get that Stanford Wake Forest matchup. I think that'll be a hell of a match. Uh, not to overlook Indiana, because as we all know, Indiana has won yep, a title. They can do it. As a, 
they've won a title as the number 16 seed. So maybe we should, you know, I'm sure if Eric Zavaleta is listening right now, I'm sure he would remind me of that fact. But uh, yeah, no, it's there, there's some I don't good think matches. Eric Zavaleta is listening to the show. Eric Zav- hey, Eric Zavaleta is down with SBI, just so you know. Would you hear that? I type, I talk to the guy. He's he's I, I've known Eric since. Uh, uh, that's he was right. So- that's right. Because all these kids. Oh, I used to read your site when I was a kid growing up. I've seen what, that happen what, before. Why you gotta hate? Why you gotta I'm, hate? I'm, I'm well. I'm not. It might, it might be more <laughs> jealousy than hate. No, you know, because like someone it, walks up to me and is like, "Yeah, I used to read your Arizona oh, soccer website when you grew up as a kid." I'm like, "No one's ever said that to me." because well, your site's two years old. It's also dead too. Uh, yeah, well, that, that that doesn't help. Yeah, well, yeah, well, listen, you when you put a site out that's been around for nine years, and maybe you'll get a couple of you know, you get a couple of kids that well, said no, they but it. see, my problem is I don't have a big ego and I have to put my name. <laughs> Shade. Uh, okay, there we go. Nice. Uh, hey. My name's not on it anymore. I know, I know, I know. I'm giving shit. Uh, uh, <laughs> I'm keeping that in the show. That is staying in the show. There it is. You're not FCC, letting me delete it. FCC violations. Yeah, I'm you know sure we're, we're not, getting huge. You know we're not huge on air. Uh, Ivis, a few more things before we close out the show. International, if you're a Real Madrid fan, shut us off for the next 60 seconds. Barcelona spanks them 4-0. Ooh, what a beatdown. Yeah, it was it was thorough, man. It was thorough. The craziest part is Lionel Messi did not start in this match. I know, and they smack they they just dominated him. They just dominated him. I can't say I was surprised. Obviously, uh, even though Messi's been out for the last couple months, uh, Barcelona's been on such a roll. Uh, Sergio Roberto, dude, Sergio right Roberto, him. man, but, woo! But I tell you what, man of the match, man of the dude, match. He came out of nowhere. Nah, I mean, he's been I mean, a I'm saying you know who he was when he's playing for Barcelona B, but just like caught called up to the senior team and just boom. Dude, he has not looked back since he's come up. He's done well. But no, but listen, man of the match in the Clasico was my man, Andres Iniesta, who just turned just just turned back the clock and reminded us all why he is such a special talent, why he's a guy who will be missed when he walks away from the game. The best part about about his performance is I'm sitting there, I'm watching the I'm watching the game with my kids. Uh, so it's me and my two sons and their and their two cousins. So it's me and like four kids, right? And they're all about Neymar. They're all about Ronaldo. And I'm just and I'm sitting there like Iniesta. Iniesta's the man. Watch, watch Iniesta do his thing. And they're like, "Why do you like Iniesta? He's not even, he's not even that good." I'm like, "Y'all just don't know about Iniesta." And then boom, he scored that goal and he got the assist. And then he had that one play where I, I, I Instagram videoed the one play where he receives the ball. Tony Cruz, Tony Kroos is behind him, and he he like he he had like eyes in the back of his head, and he did a pullback. As Cruz Cruz was coming to try to take the ball, it was like such a nasty move, and that was right in the same sequence that led to his assist. Uh, uh, I think it was Neymar's goal. So I mean, class performance from Barcelona, and it was great to see Iniesta uh, show that he still got it. I mean, a year ago, people were talking about, oh, he's finished, and and like you know, people pointing out how he hadn't had an assist in forever. Uh, and like people, there were a lot of a lot of people throwing shade on Iniesta last year when he had that kind of tough go early in the season. But he's back. He's really stepped his game up, and and you know, Xavi obviously moved on. Iniesta's still doing it, man. Still got, still got it. And up in England, Liverpool defeating Manchester City three to one. Good victory for Jurgen Klopp. Yes, there is one Jurgen winning game somewhere. Oh wait, sorry, did I say that? Hello? All right. Well, anyway, um, <laughs> great big win, obviously for for Klopp and. Liverpool slowly trying to, uh, you know, uh, adjust to life uh, under Klopp, the manager, and he's done well for himself. You know, credit to him and uh, City uh, with a little bit of a wobble. And look at the Premier League table. Who is in first place 
in the English Premier League right now. Leicester, um, Leicester City is in first place in the Premier League. Who had that? Who had the standings being Leicester City, Man United, Man City, and then Arsenal? I mean, who had, who had that in that order? Who had with Leicester City? I mean, that cr- crazy. Cr- that's a great, great story, man. I it mean, is, man. It, I don't. They're, I don't think they're going to stay there, but but it's still. Uh, yeah, they can at least qualify for a. Uh... If they finish top four, that yeah. Would be I mean, even if they even if they finish five or six, I mean, get get a Europa League spot. Hey, but like, hey, guess who's climbing back into the picture? Don't be reckless. Don't look now, Chelsea. That's reckless. That's reckless comments. <laughs> hey, they're all the way up to fifteenth place right now. But uh, no. <laughs> I love the way he said, it. "All the way up to 15th. Hey, give them a hand, ladies and gentlemen. Credit, look, credit to Chelsea fans. Uh, they so they they, they just so who they play this weekend? They 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 won. This weekend. They beat someone 1-0. I can't remember off the top of my head. <laughs> they beat Norwich. They Norwich, beat Norwich, yes, there it is. Uh, and, and so they score the goal to, to take the lead on Norwich. And Chelsea fans start chanting, we are staying up. We are staying up. <laughs> I mean, you got to love. You gotta love fans who can who can kind of you know take the Mickey out of like take the piss out of their own team. Like that was great. That was a nice touch. They they the Chelsea fans are winning me over with with their, their ability to kind of laugh at at the adversity of what's been a pretty awful season. But yeah. hey, you know what? Maybe they could still salvage something out of the year. Yeah, they have the money, they have the talent, they can figure it out. Well, I have this this ends literally I think has been one of the longest shows we've ever had. Really? I know we always say that, but hour and a half, it's pretty long. Quite long. Yeah, well, hey, you know what? We didn't have a show last time around, no, so uh, we had to make up for it a little bit. Um, but we're back, and hopefully we'll have an... What are we gonna do? We'll, we'll do a thing. Are we gonna do a Thanksgiving Day show, or are you gonna be locked down with the family? Uh, yeah. You know? Well, you know, I got to do the fiance's thing, and then my thing, and then so that's a I negative. Got football in the morning. I got to play, and so I think we could do Friday. I'm not doing any shopping on Black Friday. Black Friday show. Yeah. Black Friday show. Black oh, Friday you don't show. have to work, right? Nope, I don't have to work. Oh, let's do a Friday morning show. Friday morning go. show, man. Nice. Then we can do our our predictions since we didn't get to do our predictions last time, but obviously everybody knows I was going to pick Portland to win the series. Should should we be thankful for our listeners and allow a listener to come on the show on Friday? Yeah, maybe, maybe we could, if we could figure out how to do that on Skype, maybe we could pull that off. I think we could pull it. We, we should, it's, we'll come up with something right now. Someone has to put something in the comments. Just comment on the SBI show and Ivis and I will strongly consider invite. We'll pick someone out and we'll strongly consider bringing you on the show to talk for a minute or two. I, want, I kind of want to have some. You want contest? I want to get Will Trap. I want to get Nat Borchers, Caleb Porter. Those, maybe. I'm saying to Caleb, this is I'm the problem. That, that's not going to drive ratings. Fans on the show will drive ratings over players. I was come on. So we should do like call, like a call in. <laughs> I don't know. We'll think of here. Let's think about it. All right, call in show. We'll do. Uh, no, we we all know nobody does call in shows, right? I mean, come on. <laughs> Yeah, we can, we can try that. Yeah, look at this niche we've discovered. Them. I know. How did, no, how did nobody think of this? I know. Hey, well, I was, that's why you and I are the best in the business. <laughs> we're the best. Yes. We're, we're whatever we do, top, we're whatever we do, we're the best American at. Soccer podcast, definitely. Top 100? Yeah. All right, easily top, top 100. Top, top three? Top three? Uh, 50. 50? Oh, yeah, top 50 for sure. All right. See if we can get back into the top 10. Yeah. I think we used to be in the top 10. I think we've dipped. I think we're like the Chelsea of American podcasts, where we were. You're near so, the, oh my god! We were at the top. Now we've fallen off. Okay. Now we're. It is what it is. <laughs> Crazy. All right. Well, Ivis, <laughs> you have a good Thanksgiving. Enjoy yourself, all right, man. Yes, sir. And you know what? The best part about the show, we did not spoil The Walking Dead. Yes, we can't talk about it, and we're not going to because we we don't want to. No, we can't have spoil anyone it. hate us. No, we can't. We can't. But listen, folks, if you have not watched this week's episode. 
They hurry the hell up and watch it because I don't know how you haven't had it spoiled yet. And that's all I'm going to say. Yeah, I agree with you on that. All right, Evis. I'm going to let you go, man. You enjoy yourself, all right? Yes, sir. Have a good Thanksgiving, my man. Thanks. And you too. And everyone listening, you have a good Thanksgiving as well. Safe travels for everyone who will be traveling this week. Ivis and I will be back later previewing the MLS games this weekend. That is Ivis Glarsep. I am Garrett Cleverly. This is the SBI Show.